Hello everyone, my name is Andy Spiteri, and I'm the host of the ZeldaCast, and the Omega Metroid Podcast, and Virtual Theater. As you can tell, I really love podcasting. After almost six years of the ZeldaCast, five years of Virtual Theater, and four years of the Omega Metroid Podcast, I swore that I would never make another podcast, but here I am today, excited to announce not one, not two, but three extra bonus shows that you can get each month on my newly reimagined Patreon channel, available at patreon.com forward slash spnet. You'll have your choice of bonus shows, depending on which tiers you choose to sign up for. Each podcast has its own monthly bonus show. The ZeldaCast will have the ZeldaCast Top 10s, where we can have some fun and give out a classic ranking on different topics each month with a different guest. Omega Metroid will continue with the Great Metroid Area Ranking, where we are ranking every single area in the Metroid series. And Virtual Theater will debut the Spiteri's Review, a show where my wife and I will give some thoughts on movies or shows old and new. There's also an ultimate tier that will get you access to all of these bonus shows if you really want to take your Spiteri podcasting to the next level. If that isn't enough, all shows feature a level of interactivity where patrons can weigh in and vote on which topics, shows, and areas we discuss next. Membership starts at as little as $1 a month, so I'm hoping you'll check out all the great bonus content that's going to be coming your way on patreon.com forward slash spnet. Whatever your bonus show of choice, I want to thank you for listening, and I hope to be able to see you over at patreon.com forward slash spnet. the Omega Metroid Podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spateri, joined once again by Mr. Duminal Crossing. Doom, what's going on, dude? How you doing today on this uh, Super Bowl Sunday? Uh, pretty good. Thank you for extending that intro a little bit as I struggled to close my water bottle I saw that, there. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. Actually, so I originally had a sneeze and I was like, oh no, we're going to have to take two of this, but I, I powered through it and, uh, and everything worked out, so... Uh, yeah, there we go. It's uh, it's hap- it's Taylor Swift day. She's at the Super Bowl, first year of yes. the team, leading him to the finals. There you go, kind of neat. Yeah, abs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know what? I'm I'm happy for them. I know there's a lot of like weird Taylor Swift obsession um, on both sides. People people that like think she's a goddess. People that want her dead. I personally don't care. I'm I'm happy for her and Travis. You know, I, I hope they're having a fun day today. Personally, I'm not watching the Super Bowl, though, just because, you know, I really, uh, even though the Lions beat the Packers, which is my team, I, I really wanted to see the Lions go to the, to the Super Bowl, man. What a what an, an insane story that would have been. Still an incredible season that they had, though, and uh, yeah, I hope uh, I, I hope they're able to uh, go even further next year. Yeah, call me when the Stanley Cup playoffs start, uh, <laughs> because that's that's what I care about. I'm a... <laughs> I'm an old prickly Canadian, and, and hockey's our jam, and, and I'm no different. I'm the stereotype there. So, yeah, not tuning into the Super Bowl today. Um, 
And obviously, by the time that everybody's listening to this, it will be uh, long, long done and uh, and over with. So maybe, I don't know, maybe we can... I, to be honest, who's playing? It's Kansas City and San Francisco? Yes. Yeah, so you'd think like, oh, oh, Doom's from California. He must love the 49ers. I, I think they're all right. I'm not. I've never been a huge oh, okay. 49ers guy. <laughs> um, the only football team that I ever kind of liked ever was the Patriots because it seemed like everybody hated them because they were like such a dynasty. Like they were just kind of like the heels of (laughs) of the NFL. And I was like, I like me a good heel. So I I would root for that. That that is that. That does not surprise me. That is a very Andy (laughs) answer. I I don't really, I don't really hate very many teams except for uh, the only team more popular to hate than um, the Patriots, which is the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, man. Boy, do I love seeing uh, Cowboys fans see. Yeah, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs are kind of the hockey equivalent of the Dallas Cowboys. We're like, every year, it's just like, this is our year. We're going to end our, our Stanley Cup drop. These guys haven't won Stanley Cup since 1967, okay? <laughs> like, there are six other teams in the league. Now there's 32. Um, but every year, it's like, this is our year. We're going to do so good. We're going to... They're planning the parade in, uh, in September, as the saying goes, so... Yeah. Well, that's kind of why I wanted to see De- uh, Detroit Lions go because they've never won a Super Bowl before, and this is like the closest they've gotten in like decades. So, like, but well, that's a it's a whole other story that uh, hopefully hopefully we get to see the light of one day. Yeah, n- not to be. Um, I I believe that Dak is uh, is somewhere today at a Super Bowl party, and uh, we well. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, we wish him a speedy recovery. We hope that by now he's he's back up to speed uh, and and whatnot. Because I I know that some of your guys' Super Bowl parties can get uh, pretty crazy. But nonetheless, uh, we are going to talk about Metroid today. Believe it or not, uh, on this Omega Metroid podcast, and and I'm very excited about this because this was a last minute pivot episode where um, we we had something that was on tap and of course we've spent the last couple of weeks talking about Metroid Prime 4 and and actually I had a lot of really really good reception to our our episode last week Doom I don't know if uh, if you did but god damn we talked a lot about wall running in our discord holy (laughs) yeah uh, yeah yeah of all the things that um that I expected to talk about like I figured that was going to come come up especially because that was um fairly contentious i was surprised the rail grinding did not come up at all once like i was i was expecting that to be way more contentious than the uh than the wall running but yeah as far as i'm aware uh, i guess (laughs) i i the last thing i I, I want to say i don't want to say struck a chord but like at least people seem to think it was inoffensive i don't know if anyone because like if people were hyped i feel like they would have still talked about that in a more positive light but people just seemed at least to my perception just indifferent on that yeah, like there's a couple people I think that that agreed with with my positioning, but I think also like acknowledge as well, like like listen, it, it could it could be done, like it could be cool. It's just it's hard to envision that without seeing it. But I, but I will say, uh-huh. I saw Big Griff post something, and he was like, it could be a similar mechanic to something that was in Shadow Complex, and I was just like. <laughs> I saw that. I knew immediately. <laughs> like you just you d- don't say that you you're you're losing Andy so hard right now. Yeah, no, I'm, you I'm, know, I, I hate I'm to going, say it, but I I am going to say the same thing that I posted in the Discord. If you know you know if you're someone who you know you've never really seen wall running and you kind of had this image like oh this is some hokey uh, late 2010s parkour fad that that like happened. Yeah. All all I gotta say. Play uh play Titanfall two. 
unironically, Titanfall 2, one of the best FPS campaigns ever made. And it's like, it is an, it's a first person shooter, but it is also like legitimately a platformer. Like I'm very comfortable with calling Titanfall 2, like putting that in the platformer genre, not like collectathon platformer, but like right. platforming is such a huge part of, of that game. At least, you know, at least when it comes to single player, but even to the multiplayer from what I understand. Um, but, uh, and I have yeah, to, that I have campaign to admit is too, incredible. Like, like my, I always, and I don't know if this is a common thing or not, but like when when you said Titanfall, I immediately was like, "Isn't that game like kind of bad?" Like that that was my first reaction, uh-huh, right? Yeah. Like, and, and I think I think that's common, is it not? Like I, I think a lot of people might think that Titanfall isn't that great, but but you know, you show me the Metacritic, it's a lot higher than I thought, um, a lot higher than I so, thought to be honest. So- so I haven't I haven't looked up the first game, but I would imagine that a lot of that reception came after the first game because yeah. it was a multiplayer only title. There was no single player, right. um, and I believe and I and I could be wrong, but there might have also been some problems at launch. But I mean that happens to yeah. so many games now. Like it gets you know I can't keep track of like what's busted at launch and what's not. You know, but yeah. Titanfall two um got. Uh, the, the the big the big tragedy with Titanfall two is it just, it it kind of got the Prime two treatment where it just got sandwiched between like major releases and it it just kind of got drowned out and now now nowadays it's like kind of a cult classic which is weird to say but it's it's we're all, we're almost at like ten years now uh, which yeah I which, guess yeah. we I guess we would be but it's anyways yeah it's kind of turned into a tr- kind of turned into a cult classic now like it's one it's one of those games that you'll like occasionally you'll see like a big gaming YouTube video essay on it. It's it's one of those kind of games. Well, and, uh, I definitely stand by it. My my point bringing that up is that uh, we had a lot of great discussion about our Metroid Prime Four episodes, but um, but we decided to pivot away from. Uh, for, we were going to do another Metroid Prime Four show, but but honestly, I, I don't know what else we have left to talk about until we see something, which I do believe is coming imminently. But um, but nevertheless, so we decided to pivot. And I'm really excited about what we decided to talk about today because it's one of my favorite things in Metroid. And um, you might remember way, way back when uh, Dak and I did an episode ranking all of the Ridley boss fights. And uh, I was like, you know what? I think it's time that we give our other man his due. So today's episode is all about Big Daddy Kraid. Uh, we are going to be ranking all of the Kraid boss fights. Yes, granted, I know what you're thinking. There's only four of them, so like, there's there's not as many fights as the Ridley uh, episode. But we're going to be ranking all of the fights in the series. We're going to be talking about some of Kraid's other cameo appearances and and whatnot. And then, um, yeah, we'll we'll wrap it up if we have time. I wanted to uh, spend a little bit of time just talking potentially about maybe switch to maybe some of what's going on in the uh, the gaming world right now but um yeah this episode it's all about Kraid baby so so I'm excited I have a soft spot for Kraid I I really like this ginormous giant big dinosaur kind of guy and, and I have a few pitches for you about how a really really great 3D Kraid fight could and okay. potentially should work uh I'm thinking so yeah, let's uh, let's get into this. And I wonder, Doom. So I have I have my list like number four, three, two, one. Do you want to go in order of chronological release? Do you just want to go with what our bottom fight is? How, how would you like to do this? You 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 decide. 
I, I think chronological is the best way to go. And also, I have a feeling our bottom and our top five are probably going to be roughly the same, if not the exact same. But I, I think have, chronological just makes sense in this case. I have a feeling that you're wrong, actually. Um, so okay. let's get started. So the first time that you ever fight the the being known as Kraid is, of course, back in Nestroid. In the very first Metroid game released 1987 in the uh, in the States. And um, I got to say, so so this Kraid is nothing like the rest of the Kraid fights, right? Like, it's it's not similar at all. They were very clearly trying to find out, like, what Kraid was supposed to be. And you could say the same thing about Ridley as well, for that matter. They were they were very clearly trying to figure out what these what these mini bosses were were going to be in this game, and um, so this fight is very 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 unlike any other fight. And also, I want to mention the official concept art of Kraid is awesome. Uh, Ridley and Kraid just both look like so outrageous in the in the Nestroid game. It, it's it's crazy, but I have a feeling that you ranked this last. I have a, I ranked it. Not last. I actually ranked this fight second. Hmm. Second. Best. You know, I I think I, I think I know what last place is, and I don't agree with you per se, but I, I think I can understand where you're coming from on your real last place choice. But we'll yeah. we'll we'll get there in a in a couple games from now. Um, yeah. I, I yeah. mean this fight I, I think it's really, really, really slept on. I really do. Uh, and I mostly say that because I, I appreciate the challenge of Kraid. Because, I mean, let's be mm. honest. Kraid is pretty much in every appearance. He's not quite a pushover, but he's not far from it, right? Like, And in this fight, I I, I just think that it's like, it's kind of tough. Like, it's, it's actually substantially more difficult than the Ridley fight, which I like. Um, oh, yeah. Because, like, you've got... Uh, his whole front side is impenetrable. And he's got these, like, these crazy spikes that are shooting at you um, that are kind of lobbying in the air. But if you go to his backside, you jump over him, there's also, like, these three spikes that are just directly shooting at you, which is very, very difficult to avoid. Um, now, you can freeze some of these, but but still, it's it's a real challenge. And, like, it's, it's just like a... It's actually ironic because it's almost like the Ridley fight where, like, you just, like, you want to go in there and get as much damage done in as quick amount of time and kill it as fast as you can before Kraid kills you. And and I love just kind of going in there. I drop down to my Morph Ball. I, I bomb, 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 back and forth, left to right. Uh, and, and hopefully I can get Kraid before, you know, Kraid gets me. And I think that there's a real, like, energy about this fight that I really appreciate and uh and i also think that like the kind of the build up to to Kraid in Nestroid in particular is is just like so awesome and like the music i love that 8 bit music um i actually think it's still probably the best rendition of that music and there so there there's something to be said about the build up it's really good now i understand that i'm going to be an outlier and and i think if you i think most people would have this ranked last on their list of Kraid fights because it is missing all that presentation and the actual battle that you come to expect when you're fighting Kraid. But I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, there's something about it that I is just like super endearing, super challenging, super intense, uh, that, that I, I love. So I, I ranked this number two and I suspect I might be the only soul that is going to do that. So there we go. And number two and number two. Wow. Okay. That, okay. I, I was expecting like a number three there. That that nope. I'm, I'm curious to see what you're curious to curious to see what else you uh, put below it. Then 
Yeah. Um. What yeah. Say you. So. So. Yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, no surprise here. I'm gonna pick the basic normie answer and put him at last. That being said, I pretty much agree with everything you said, though. I actually really like uh, how Crate is kind of like this unexpected skill check, which, which to be fair, NES Troid in general is just skill check the game. Yeah. But like, but but this is like a big skill check, like especially in comparison to Ridley, and it's typically like the opposite. You know, I mean. You go, uh, you go into Super Metroid, and it's just like Kraid's kind oh. of a pushover in that game. And then Ridley is arguably maybe the hardest boss in the game, assuming assuming you're uh, not doing the um, the the normal fight with Dragon. Otherwise, that might be the hardest. But uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, I I think I'd still give it to Ridley, but um, but your point is well served. Like like he he's a he's a pushover, as we'll talk about in Super Metroid and, and other games. But in this game. This little, this little bastard. He's like three feet tall, but he's tough. He's tough as nails. He's like a little mm-hmm. pit bull. I love it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely, yeah. And you can, and I, and again, I am a big fan of when uh, the game forces you to use both, uh, you know, your morph ball abilities and your bipedal abilities. Yeah. And this is kind of one of those games where it's like you got to use both missiles and bombs together if you want to take him on optimally. And so, kind of, it's probably the earliest example of, you know, a boss fight really incorporating that, uh, intentionally, unintentionally, or otherwise, but, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and like, again, like, with, because uh, I was really surprised, right, because, like, I, like, I played Nestroid, obviously, previously in the past, but Super Metroid is, is really my introduction and my go-to title in Metroid, and so I was just, when I, when I started playing Nestroid again, seriously, um, you know, right before we launched OmegaMetroid.com, I, you know, you just kind of go in with that expectation that like Ridley hard, create easy. And, and it was totally the opposite. And uh, yeah, I, I was just like, I begrudgingly, I was like, okay, this guy, you know, he's, he's, he's tough. And I, and I like it a lot, but you're right. Like I, I do, I do understand why a lot of people would probably have this fight last. It, it just, it doesn't feel like a Kraid fight that we know it as right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I get that, but, um. I for at least at least for this show right now, I wanted to to give you know this version of Kraid his day in the sun. So um, yeah, I have a number that, two. Then, you have a number four. That and then there's also just the inherent limitations of that era, which is also yeah. something I factor in. But I mean, it's also like when you compare it to like you know some of the more you know crazier cinematic Kraid fights. You know, yeah. it definitely shows its age. But even. But even stuff like, you know, the Metroid 2 Queen, I freaking love that fight. And that's it's like, that was fight. only a few years later. Yeah, mm-hmm. and on the Game Boy, for for that matter. Yeah. Um, I But I, I will say, too, I think the really, really tiny screen helped that. But I guess you would have had just a small screen in, um, you know, in, in Nestroid. So, um, okay, well, let's go on to our next entry, uh, that next time that we fight Kraid. This is the birth of Kraid that we know and that we love. Uh, of course, it's Super Metroid Kraid. This guy is a hulking skyscraper. He he has all the classic things that that we've know and come to expect. He's shooting out the platforms out of his out of his chest. He's he's got his little uh, Castlevania death sights that are being thrown at you every which direction. He 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 raises himself up. Um, I was gonna say midway through the fight, but you know what I mean. Like like he'll he'll appear and then like really kind of rise up it's it's very like very godzilla-esque and i think that's intentional um so i i love the presentation and i and i love the build-up to this fight too uh like you you go through and kraid has a very distinct part of brinstar that is very specifically kraid's lair 
and, and I and I kind of love all of like the spikes and the coils and everything like that. The dead soldier outside of Kraid's Lair, I think, adds a, a lot to kind of the upcoming big fight feel. But what does take it down for me is, as we discussed, like he's he's kind of a pushover. Um, and I and I'm not even talking about like really skilled players that can get that quick kill where you basically pop him with a couple super missiles as as he's rising and then he's dead. I would say like even outside of that, if you hit Kraid with like two super missiles in in the first phase, you probably only need to fight him with three more super missiles in the set in the second phase to like completely kill him. And I and I will say this too, the fight it's kind of paradox because like. The fight is going to be better for the player the sooner that you can kill Kraid. Because the longer it goes on, the more challenging, the more difficult it is. But ironically, that kind of makes it like a better fight, being more challenging and more difficult, I think. So, like, the you want to kill Kraid quickly in order to just get the fight behind you. But, uh, I don't know, it's kind of a fine line there, and I don't think it quite walks it as well as it could have. So, so I, while I love everything about this... I ranked it at number three on my list. What say you? At, at number three, interesting. I'm surprised. I'm. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the next game later. I'm surprised. I'm surprised this you ranked this below. Um, below the next one we'll talk about. Um, because because I I basically have it the opposite way. Um, other otherwise, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this gonna put this above any asteroid trade. Um. But again, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. You know, one thing I will say actually is, unfortunately, because I didn't play Super Metroid until after Zero Mission, hmm. um, I kind of, I kind of interpreted that game like it was still really cool. Like hearing, like, oh my gosh, I remember that theme in Zero Mission. This is where, this is where that music first appeared. Like that part was still like really cool and stuff like that. Right. But there is. The mini crate, which is specifically, it is inherently tied to yeah. NES Troid, which we just talked about, and how the mini crate, the the mini crate fake out in that game is supposed to make you think like, oh, that's the uh, that that's the crate fight from NES Troid. Yeah, done. I, we're, I, we're out of here. And then you get, and then you get the uh, Godzilla rise. But unfortunately, already having played Zero Mission, I already kind of knew. And honestly, even before that, you know, just playing, you know, Smash because of the uh, Bridge Star mm. Death Stage. Like I was at this point, I was already very aware of like what crate really was at this point. Yeah, which is like, which is fair enough. Like, I, I wasn't surprised. Like, I knew that Kraid was like this giant hulking beast too, because I, like, I played Super after I played Smash Bros. Um, mm. But like, yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that the fight, the presentation, just really does add. And I had it on my list of of like things to talk about actually, but like, we might as well talk about Mini Kraid right now. That's such a great like. That's such a great little. It's a fake out, but I also think that it's like really like kind of interesting and really kind of cool because it makes you wonder like is that like a little baby crate is are there more than one crate is there like a family of little crates somewhere we we kind of jokingly refer to him as big daddy crate but like maybe there are smaller crates maybe that does make sense how you know the, the me, Chozo, me, me. well like like you think about <laughs> it like it doesn't really make sense that crate shows up on zdr but it makes a lot more sense if like there's more crates and you know there's they they captured like a, a smaller version of crate brought it to ZDR and then that's like crate right like and maybe that's just what the spirit the species excuse me is called maybe that's maybe it's not maybe that's just my head cannon but I really like the implications of little mini crate beyond just being like a nice little fun Easter egg for everybody that you know completed uh, an asteroid. 
Yeah, completely agree. I also adore uh, the music that plays in that mini crate, the crate room, the da 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 da. Oh, it's so so good. Uh, yeah. Bless you, Monaco Hamano, for that absolute banger. Uh, that plays a few times in Super Metroid, and every time is awesome. <laughs> every every time mm-hmm. is awesome. Um, so yeah, I have uh, I have Super Metroid Crate ranked at number three. What did you have it at the same ranking as well? Did I did I understand? Uh, I'm not going to say what my ranking is now because otherwise it's going to make the the next two very obvious in advance. But I'll just say that I am putting it above NES Droid. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, and, and honestly, <laughs> it might already be obvious considering the next uh, two choices we have to go through. Yeah, and and I kind of anticipated that our list might look similar at the top, but I I did think that they'd be different at the bottom, um, which I guess leads us to Metroid Zero Mission, and. Uh, I, I, let me just preface this. I think every crate fight is really good, and I love seeing crate. This is my least favorite crate fight, I think, of the bunch. Um, be, and, and for a few reasons. Uh, but I will say, I, I love the, the kind of redesigned sprite of crate, like the, like the thing, like, the, I don't know, the half moon almost like spikes around crate's face. I think that design choice really makes it, like, really makes crate look a lot cooler. Um, and just kind of like menacing. And I love, God, I love the the cutscenes where you see Kraid rising up and you can see the close-up of his eyes and he looks all evil and stuff like that. I think that that is fantastic. But this this is my least favorite Kraid fight for a few reasons, and I'll I'll list them here. One is I don't think that the build-up, like the area of Kraid, kind of captures that same magic of Nestroid or or Super Metroid to me. Um, and which is ironic because you're in Kraid's lair here, but I, I just, I feel like that area for me is not that strong in particular. I don't really like the rendition of Kraid's theme that plays in that area. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that the buildup is just kind of like, okay, like it's, it's fine. But like, I was, I was really, really anticipating fighting Kraid in Super Metroid with, with the, you know, those hallways with the mini Kraid with everything in there, um, leading up to it. I don't think that this fight really offers anything new that any of the other fights don't, which which works against it. Because, like, you know, the evolution from Nestroid to Super Metroid to Metroid Dread, those are big evolutions in fighting Kraid. Whereas, this is just basically the Super Metroid fight just flipped uh, on the other side. You're fighting Kraid on the left side instead of the right and I was literally, I was literally just about to say that. I was like, "Hey, you're being too harsh, Andy. He's on the left side this time." <laughs> for, furthermore, like actually, it, it's way easier, I think, than the Super Metroid Fight Two because, like, you can just grab. There's a little block at the top. You can you can grab it, fire your missiles, and they are they're lining up right in the eyeball to hit Kraid. So it's like, it's even easier when it didn't need to be easy. It, it actually needed to be harder. Than it was, and, and I'm talking about just the standard zero mission difficulty. I I know like you can have a little bit more challenge if you're going for hard mode, but like also like I mean that's really it. Like there's the three platforms that you're on. They stay there for pretty much the whole fight. Like they 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 eventually do fall away and whatnot, and you kind of have to climb the platforms that crate is shooting out. But not really. Not if you're fast. Not if you're quick and and you're blasting crate in the face like you you know normally do in all of these crate fights so i yeah i i think that this one just lacks a little something for me that the like the only new thing that i that i really like about it is um like i said the the redesign of of crate's face and that's not it's not enough for me Mm -hmm. um 
I think I think I agree with like 70-80%. There's a couple of minor things that I disagree, but I think for the most part we're pretty much on the same page with this fight. Um I actually really like Craig's Lair from a design standpoint, and I actually Again, I know we have very different opinions on the Zero Mission soundtrack, but I I really enjoy this rendition. Definitely not my favorite, but I think it's pretty good for what it is. And you know, mm. um, but I do agree with you that I think the um, while I like the design and the layout of the area, I think the theming, I pretty much am like one to one with you on, and I really think it undersells the build up to create and does not doom ser- doom service. I feel like Ridley's layer in a uh, Zero Mission and um. And, and the NES game as well, I feel like do a much better job of kind of leading to that anticipation. Mm-hmm. But in this game, yeah, that payoff just really isn't there. And like you mentioned, I mean, it's pretty much it's pretty much a worse Super Metroid fight, but it's flipped. I think there's still some fun to be had with it. As, as oh, easy oh, yeah. as it is, even even on hard, like I, I know you were mentioning hard mode, even on hard mode, like this fight is like way too easy. Yeah. But at the same time. There is some fun to be had when you fully optimize this fight and you're able to just pound crate in like four or five seconds. Like there's there there is something super satisfying about that, but the fight is is way too easy, and I would have yep. much rather had like a bigger challenge than you know that quick adrenaline rush of just taking out this titan in a few seconds. So, with that said, this is going to be my number three pick, which. Uh, Leaves uh, only one spot remaining, and I think we're both going to very much agree on that one. <laughs> yeah, and listen, I, I don't think that's much of a spoiler. I think you could have seen, you know, that we were going to rank some Kraid fights here and uh, probably guessed what was going to be number one. I, like, I do agree with you. Like, I, I feel like I don't want to sound like I'm, um, you know, dumping on the Kraid fight. It's it's a quality fight. It's just like, it, it's it's a Super Metroid fight. Just, uh, just reversed you know like there's there's not a whole lot else there for me i don't think um so yeah i i think that uh you know it it's good but it's not it's not great it's not great like the next fight is great i i will say you know what since we're talking about metroid zero mission right now uh happy 20th anniversary uh to metroid zero mission which happened uh on friday yeah so um happy that birthday. completely completely slipped my mind until like uh, later in the evening when i saw a twitter post on that which yeah very very wild like i love zero mission but i always forget that it came out the same year as prime 2 and, like, prime weird, 20th, it? yeah yeah and prime 2 prime 2's 20th anniversary very firmly planted in my mind but zero mission i just always forget about for some reason yeah we're, but, we're yeah. gonna we'll do some zero mission content to celebrate the uh the anniversary we, I've, i forgot to to be honest with you uh mm-hmm. and you're right like i always think of like uh like 2004 i'm like metroid prime 2 okay cool um mm-hmm. and, it, and it's kind of too bad because like zero mission is such an awesome awesome game um yes yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely have some episodes on zero mission in the future but uh th- this year obviously but uh yeah uh-huh. the crane fight i don't know if it's one that you necessarily like <laughs> brag about but uh but it is a solid you, fight you do get the speed booster though which is arguably yeah. uh some of the most most fun you can have in zero mission with that thing i i think so yeah um i, I don't know it, it still almost feels weird to me to this day speaking of that you get the speed booster instead of like the uh the gravity the suit. various suit uh, yeah excuse me the various suit i don't know it's just it's so ingrained in my brain it's like that's what you get you know um but let's go to our number one fight this is not a surprise to anybody i'm assuming that uh you are not ranking super metroid's fight number one of course we're talking about not 
Big Daddy Craig's return after, uh, well, geez, after almost, almost, uh, what, 17 years since the first appearance. And uh, we're talking about the fight in Metroid Dread. Let's, let's talk about some negatives to this fight really quickly before we go to the positives. One, I think that they missed a golden opportunity to have, like, the Kraid theme as the boss battle theme in this, in this fight. Because even if they would have went with, like, the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, like, that theme, I'd be like, okay, that's cool. Um, or they could have made, like, a, you know, like, a rock and roll, like, uh, like, Kraid, the, the Star Depths theme. I... I, I don't want to. I don't want to metal. Not, not not in a Metroid game, at least. I, I really like the um the Smash Ultimate like metal and violent thing, but that's like that's Smash. That's yeah. I don't want like I don't want I don't want too many overpowering guitars and like in an actual Metroid game. Well, and I'm not saying uh, maybe rock and roll is like the wrong way, but like an upbeat kind of version of that song, you know, like to to really kind of sell that you're in this this big boss fight that uh, you know you you're in for your you're in big trouble if you're if you're getting in unprepared. So that's one negative. The other negative is that um, there's really no storyline logic for Kraid being on ZDR, as we mentioned earlier. I don't think that that takes away like big time for me, but. It is something I think worth acknowledging. Yeah, it, it is really interesting because, like, obviously, story. While it's not my biggest critique of Metroid Dread, you know, it's obviously like probably like the second in line in terms of critiques I have with that game. And yet, I really just do not care at all about like the Kraid storyline inconsistencies, plot holes, whatever you want. Like, that's just like whatever they they put they put Kraid on ZDR because they can. That's why they did whatever. I don't care. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, like, I, I'm kind of with you. I, it doesn't bother me, but I know that it does bother some people. And I think that's worth acknowledging as well. And so the last thing that I wanted to mention about the, the Kraid fight, it, and this could, I, I don't think anyone on this planet will agree with this critique except for me. But I always did think that it was, like, a little bit weird that we have, like, Lava Monster Kraid, who's, like, in this lava fiery environment versus like the crate that we've kind of seen previously has been in like this kind of lush like poisonous area or whatever that it always took a second for me to click that in my mind to like say like okay crate can survive in lava okay like that that's cool but it the theming i think seemed a little bit off to me just just a little bit just a little bit um i i assume that you probably don't care about that yeah not too much like they're like I don't know. It is weird that he just kind of like stands stands in like the 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 lava, but like doesn't take any damage. Like I, I have to imagine like that has to that has to hurt a That's little hot bit. Hot lava, yeah. But. Um, <laughs> okay, and the only the only it's a other spicy thing. Meatball. That's the truth. Speaking of spicy meatballs, we're gonna talk about that quick kill in a second. Um, but the only other thing <laughs> that uh, that I I wish. I, it's not even that I don't like. I wish it was different. I wish this fight took a, a place a little bit later in the game so you could have a little bit more build-up to it. And then that's pretty much everything that I don't like about this fight, which is very, very tiny. Uh, do you agree with any of that? Um, I'm I'm more so indifferent on it than... Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll just say I disagree with it because it's it, I don't really factor it into my thing at all, but it's like, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And, and like, these, my, are, these are minor critiques. My my big critique is really has nothing to do with the fight itself. It's just that I wish Nintendo didn't freaking spoil this in the in the trailer before like a couple months before the game came out. Which 
I didn't watch, but again, like everyone was posting screenshots on Twitter. So eventually, you know, I, I saw it eventually and I was just like, man, how cool would it have been to not know that this fight was coming and just get surprised with the Big Daddy Crane reveal? That's really, and so I, I just, I wish, I, w I wish they held off on that, but th that's a minor nitpick at best. I, I see what you're saying. I, I, I like, me personally, I was like, I don't care. Especially because like, it has no bearing on the story, but you know, I, I do know that some people were a little bit put off by that. So I, I do wish that they would have in hindsight, maybe done it differently. If not for my sake, but for like for other people's sake. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about this fight because this fight is awesome. My God, this fight is awesome. And it's not even like that complicated or long or whatever of a fight. But first of all, Craig looks so amazing. This guy, God, he looks like, this big ginormous monster but he's gross and his belly buttons like just look just disgusting like oh he looks so awesome the way, the way it's intended man i i, I love it when my crate is gross <laughs> it looks so good and and, and grotesque and it's oh it, it looks good samus looks awesome in this fight too like that's what makes some of this fight so amazing is samus just looks like the world's biggest badass when she rolls into this fight, she's got the biggest FU stare on, and she's like, she's not backing down from this hulking behemoth, and it's just like, mm, yes, this is awesome. The actual fight itself, I think, is like super, super engaging. I mean, it like, it's still kind of the same Super Metroid fight, but it's much more involved. The first half, particularly, um, where like you've got the, you know, the the plasma that you can shoot. You've got the ones that hit the floor and, and spread across the floor. You've got a, a, a bunch of different attacks, like melee attacks as well, um, that uh, that just... And it, it feels like a lot more satisfying, I think, to fight Kraid with the 360 aiming than it ever did in 2D Metroid. I, I think we could probably all agree with that. Mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. And, I, and I'd say this is someone who's maybe more critical of 360 aiming than, like, most people. Most people are just, like, yeah, 360 aiming, that's the way to go. That's the future. And I'm kind of like, I still do kind of like that diagonal 2D aiming. I like being able to to be able to move around and jump and have like a fixed aim. Yeah. Whereas 360 just kind of makes you stationary. And I, I, I like I like 2D Metroid more when you're moving around about. But yeah. in Metroid Dread, not an issue when you also have stuff like the flash shift. You are absolutely moving around in that game. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that's a fair critique. Like I, I would agree with that to, to an extent. Um, I, I miss to a degree diagonal aiming and being able to kind of, you know, up down as you're moving. I think 360 aiming, the, the pro is just so much more outweigh the cons, but nevertheless, um, going into phase two of this fight, this is where this fight is really awesome because like just the standard version of this fight. So like you, you go in it is God, Kraid's belly just looks so disgusting. It really does. It looks so gross. You have all of those platforms shooting out at you, and they're coming like mock speed. There's still like a ton of stuff coming at you. Um, and you can climb those platforms in, in true, you know, Kraid fight style. Get up to the top, get your get up there and create you can shoot it. You can shoot a Kraid's mouth from your little spider magnet uh, little perch there which is significantly harder to do here than it was ever in Zero Mission. And then Kraid comes in with that with that melee attack, and you can counter it. And those, golly, those those melee counters just look so awesome. Like, God, it looks good. Yeah, I remember when we first did our uh, our review of Metroid Dread, I, I was a little harsher on this fight than everyone else. But I've since, you know, I've since done this fight, like, 
countless times. Literally, like, I couldn't tell you how many times I fought him now. Yeah. And I've definitely warmed up a lot more. Like, I, I've never disliked the fight, but I was, I guess, underwhelmed might have been the word I would have used before. Nowadays, though, like, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, this is just a sick, really well-designed boss fight. Yeah. And that's not even counting the, um, uh, the, the quick kill, which is, like, one oh, of I the want to coolest, talk about that. Yeah. One of the coolest Easter eggs uh, that I've maybe ever has been in a Metroid game. I don't know. In terms of like gameplay secrets that like you would have oh. never thought a dev would have thought of. Honestly, the only thing that's comparable is the Dragon quick kill, I think. Yeah, that's that's true. Like, yeah. And so, so what we're talking about, anybody that uh, I don't know who wouldn't know this at this point, but uh, and you can see this on OmegaMetroid.com, by the way. Um, so if you actually, before you're supposed to, if you explore Dairon a little bit and you do the slide jump and uh, you, you, I'll call it sequence break, but the game kind of tells you like Metroid Dread Report 7 or 8 or whatever it was kind of tells you like, hey, you can do this. And like, there's nothing, you're not breaking anything. You can go and you can get the, the Morph Ball bombs earlier in this fight and if you do that you can execute the most awesome most disgusting quick kill that you've ever seen uh you you roll up into morph ball form you go in the little like the little morph ball cannon you go in and then you're like launched right into Kraid's disgusting oozing belly button you're laying bombs at mock speed you're taking big time damage by the way it's very similar to the queen metroid um quick kill not quick kill but how you kill a queen metroid Except obviously you don't got power bombs here, so you're you're bombing. And what's the like? What's the grossest thing about this? Is when you're in Crade's belly button and you're bombing, it feels like you're like pulsing out with each bomb. So it's like, and it's it's like, ugh. And there's all this like purple ooze coming out, and then Crade finally dies, and the cutscene is awesome. Uh, yeah, this this is good stuff. This is an easy number one, and it's not even like the in the top three boss fights of Metroid Dread, which is just a testament to how good oh, yeah. this game is. Oh yeah, I mean we've we've done uh, yeah we've uh, gone over and over how incredible Metroid Dread's, bo- Dread's boss fights yeah. are, and it's it's a pretty pretty telling that a boss fight as good as this. Like I'm not even sure if I'd put it in the top five. Like that's how good these. Uh, not a testament to Kray. That's a testament to you know yeah, the, the yeah, actual yeah. bosses themselves. But um yeah, and then you also mentioned uh, the cutscenes. I freaking love the cutscenes in this. I love how. The introduction, you know, Samus is started started off by being all cautious, and then she realizes it's Crate and just immediately lets her go. Oh, it's just this, just this hulking Titan that I fought like what two, three times at this point, whatever. And then just casually shoots him in the face, and then the ending cutscene where she's just casually like, "Die!" Oh, it's it's so, so cheesy good. and goofy, but like if there's anyone that can totally hone that energy and make it believable it's samus man i love how extra samus is in this fight <laughs> i don't know man i i feel like is it cheesy and goofy or is it just awesome like i just i look at that and i'm like this is awesome che- it it's tropey but it's also badass that's what i will say <laughs> yeah like i guess you're right but i like i don't know tropes are tropes for a reason sometimes and like when they're done well it's like this this is so sick um, and, I, and I think this is done well. I agree. Yeah. So, okay. So really quickly, I know that we only have four fights here, so let's just recap it. And then we're going to keep talking about some, uh, some crate ideas here. So I've got on my end, I've got the crate zero mission fight in last place. You've got an asteroid. Is that right? Yes. Um, we, no, we do not both have super Metroid crate at number three. I have super Metroid crate at number three. You have zero mission crate at number three. That is right. All right. So I have, I'm crazy, and I took Nestroid Crade at number Crazy. 
hey oh i like that <laughs> and um and and you did the sensible thing and put super metroid create at number two which i'm probably gonna have to defend myself a little bit for that in the discord but Maybe maybe part of me just wanted to give Nestroid Crate a little bit of love because I feel like he doesn't get a lot. But I mean, there's no debate about number one. Metro Dread all day, mm-hmm. every day, twice on Sunday. This is an awesome fight. Um, and and we're not done talking about the Crate appearances yet either. Uh, it's worth mentioning too. Metro Dread. This wouldn't be the last that you see of Crate. For some reason, Ravenbeak X is like this Ravenbeak Crate amalgamation. Don't know why, but it's pretty cool. And they even and the game even uh, sets it up. If you go back to Kraid's lair after the X is released, um, his body will be gone. Which, if you go back there at any point, his I believe his body is still there. So, just a really cool attention to detail there by Mercury Steam. Very yeah, very cool. Um, and there's a couple other Kraid appearances that we should talk about as well. And um, and and maybe we should start out with like a proto fight that I didn't include on the list. One because it's not. It's not like really a, a traditional crate fight, and two because I don't know if I've ever actually played this myself. Um, and I'm talking about crate in Nintendo Land. Where uh, have you ever played that fight? I haven't played that. I've played Nintendo Land before um, at a friend's house, but we never got to it. I do own Nintendo Land though, and I do eventually want Me too. to uh, play through that whole. I do eventually want to play through that whole um, uh, Metroid mini game because that's it, it's one of the best ones I think. It's so much fun. Especially yeah. if you have a co-op partner. Like, like I remember playing it a little bit when I got my Wii U, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, this is like this is kind of fun." And I don't think I've ever played it since. But like, there's a mm. there's a Ridley fight in there. There, like, there's like some cool stuff. It looks like, and there's a there's a Kraid fight, which looks kind of cool. You have got this like mechanical Kraid that comes up, and and you're in Samus's ship, so you have to you know bonk Kraid on the mouth, and then uh, you can fire your missiles inside, which go into like the little bullseye on in Kraid's tummy. It's just kind of like a cute little fight, and uh, I believe that it's the halfway point of the game when you fight Kraid, and then your your main fight is fighting Mother Brain. I, or, uh, excuse me, Ridley, not Mother Brain. I, I think that's how Nintendo Life go, or Nintendo Land goes. And by God, I'm, we're gonna do an episode of that one day. I know we've talked about it for absolutely forever, but I don't know. Maybe we can get our Wii U's hooked up, brush off the thick layer of dust on those things, and uh, and see what this game is all about. Because my. I'm looking at mine right now. It's still hooked up. I haven't touched it in a while, but it is, outside, it is still yeah. hooked up. <laughs> um, maybe that will be something that we have to do because I watch a quick video of this uh, this fight, and you know what? It looks charming. It looks very charming. Yeah, and, and the music actually was kind of cool. So there you go. Yeah, it, it has um it, it has some light motifs referencing uh, Brinstar. Weirdly enough, it, it doesn't reference anything from the actual parade themes, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, whatever. It's like it's like like a nice little bonus fight for uh, for all of the hardcore Wii U fans out there that that played through Nintendo Land. Um, we're we're gonna put that on our list. We're we're gonna do that one day. One day we'll we'll do that. Um, and then of course another maybe arguably the most famous crate appearance not in Metroid is of course in Super Smash Bros Melee, which leads us to Super Smash Bros Ultimate. And I I can't remember if that stage was in any other Smash games, but um, nope. Just those two games. Just those two? So, yeah, Kraid is... Uh, he's a hulking behemoth in this game. He's, like, like 400 feet tall in, in Smash. And uh, one of the one of the best stages, I think, in Melee is Brinstar Depths, where you've got that amazing Kraid remix. It sounds so awesome. I don't know why they just didn't call it, like, Kraid's Lair, though. Which, ironically, 
is all fiery and stuff too in the background instead of like what I was talking <laughs> about with like the the poisony foliage kind of atmosphere. But nonetheless, it's a very cool stage. Crane is in the background. He's smashing the stage. He's spinning it. And I always loved like that one like little island, like that no man's land island that you could sometimes get stuck on, and like you could never. Like, it was so far down that, like, you couldn't jump and get back up. You just kind of have to hang out until the, the stage turned again. Um, yeah, uh, an iconic appearance by Kraid, actually. Which is funny, because, like, when you think about Super Smash Bros. Melee, there really was, like, a lot of Metroid references there. Like, Kraid being there, Ridley being in the intro. Um, they, they did Metroid kind of right in that game. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember just, like, thinking, like, wow, like, Kraid just looks, like, so unbelievable and the glow up that they gave Kraid in ultimate on that stage too he looks awesome with those uh zero mission style like like side spike things on his head i don't even know what you call those but he looks awesome yeah i, I don't know the, the headpiece like <laughs> yeah know, something like that um but uh yeah i um yeah we uh we all ranked i want to say we all three of us ranked this uh stage pretty high when we did our smash stage rankings um but yeah, yeah. i i love uh brinstar depths you know it's been there since been there since 2001 now that's that's weird to think about but yeah <laughs> that is crazy <laughs> that's that's um, a I, long time i also i i also do agree with you though on like the uh the theming where that's something I don't want to say it's bugged me, but I think it's been a missed opportunity where I think they really should have gone with, like, you know, that Super Metroid kind of Brinstar jungle atmosphere. Oh, yeah, as well. Especially because, you know, especially because, you know, you have it paired with, you know, the, the regular Brinstar stage. That's already kind of like your rising acid stage. And even though that doesn't play a role in the Kraid stage, it's still like a big part of that theming. And I think it would have been... I think it would have been better to have something that stood out a bit more and was unique. But at the same time, if they did Super Metroid, maybe we wouldn't have gotten that uh that incredible uh brinstar depths theme mm -hmm. so yeah um i mean regardless like it it's a it's a great stage it's uh it's an awesome appearance by Kraid, and it, like it, it it's almost i mean like i would love to have had a, a playable Kraid at some point in in super smash bros i think that would have been fantastic but like i don't know i don't know how one how many people were really clamoring for that two i don't think that Kraid would translate as well as ridley and like Three, like, I almost kind of think, like, being that presence on that one stage is, is almost better served as a homage for Kraid. I mean, Kraid would show up in uh, in all the other Smash games, too, as, like, stickers and trophies and all that uh, all that fun stuff. But that's uh, that's really Kraid's story in Super Smash Bros. And, and Melee is, is definitely, like, the, the star of his appearances there, for sure. That's why Andy is trying so hard to bring NES Kraid back because he knows that's the only possible way he can get him in the Smash. <laughs> can you imagine if like NES Ridley and Kraid were in there? That would be that would be awesome because these guys these, these they're little freaks. Like they don't look anything like the Ridley and Kraid that we know. Like they they don't. If you haven't seen the official Kraid NES artwork in a long time, you should Google it because you're gonna be startled when you see it. He looks like, it looks like a hedgehog. Yeah, kind a of. little furry hedgehog, but like not the type that's showing up in Sonic. The type that's showing up in like no <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's. You know, he he looks creepy. Um, there's another Kraid. I don't. Not even an appearance. It's not appearance at all. But uh, a, a piece of concept art, a very famous piece of concept art. We've talked about it before. Um, and this is Metroid Prime concept art, which is kind of uh well, I guess first of all, I, I think we've all seen this. I think Kraid looks really fantastic. Um. You know, it's it's obviously like a like a mock up, so nothing really further came of it. But 
it's still like pretty cool. He's you know he looks like this big angry uh, big angry monster. You've got like the metal kind of things on the side. He's his head kind of looks like a UFO actually. It's kind of it's kind of weird but kind of cool. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, man, I wish I could have seen what that could have been. But at the same time, like Metroid Prime's already pretty incredible, so I don't feel yeah. like I'm missing out too much. But and especially after Metroid Dread, now that we have gotten that kind of modern yeah. crate interpretation. Well, I was but pretty, I feel I was like, pretty adamant that Kraid should be in Metroid Prime Four, but I, I feel less adamant now. But uh, well, but go on. Well, I was gonna say. Well, I was gonna say actually because I was gonna hand it off to you. I feel like you know talking about 3D Kraid. This is a good segue for you to uh, pitch me what your 3D Kraid fight is. It was, and it is because I think that I think that our boy should get a 3D treatment, and I have a couple ideas for how you could do that. And and I'm not gonna blow like uh, these are pretty standard ideas. I think. But um, I the one thing that I kind of kept on coming back to and coming back to and coming back to when I was thinking about what's the best way to fight Kraid and the best way to combine all of the different abilities and things that I like about the other Kraid fights while, you know, like making it Metroid Prime. Um, so there was a couple things that I wanted. I wanted to include, like, I'll, I'll call this one, like, option one. So option one, I wanted to include like the Nestroid qualities that I really like where it's a difficult fight and you've got spikes and stuff like that that are shooting from every direction at you all the time. And um, and I also wanted to include obviously the presentation of, of you know some of the Super Metroid fight while also realizing that Kraid is, is now, he's like this hulking thing, right? So like I don't just want to have it where Kraid is the same size as you. I feel like that's very anticlimactic. While also wanting to incorporate the stuff from Metro Dread that worked really well, making this big, gross, disgusting monster that you're using a few more gameplay ideas in order to fight. So I, I kind of kept on coming back to this idea that I had, and and I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna test your Metroid Prime knowledge here. There is a room in the Chozo Ruins where you have to unlock. Um, four symbols. It's a big room with a tree in the middle where you have to unlock four symbols on your way to fight Flagra. You know what yep. room I'm talking about? Yep. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't get that room out of my head when imagining uh, a Metroid Prime Kraid fight. And in my head, I was like, maybe instead of a tree in the center, it's Kraid. And you have like all of these platforms that he's shooting out. And and this is where I don't know because like I guess there'd have to be some platforms that are just like always stationary and like the platforms that he shoots out either are going slow enough where you can jump on them or like maybe you have an ability to slow down time kind of like in Samus Returns. I don't know. Something like that, right? But like I was like that would be awesome if like you had to like work your way up and around these platforms while kind of dodging all these like treacherous uh, things that are shooting at you and eventually you can square off, you could fight Kraid and like maybe... Maybe it's, like, one of those, like, boss-as-puzzle kind of ideas where, like, once you get to the top, you shoot something, Kraid opens his mouth, you could quickly roll in, either bomb him, power bomb him, missile him, whatever, right? And then once you do that, you have to go back to the bottom and work your way back up, and there's a lot more obstacles. I think that fight could be, like, really engaging, especially if, like, maybe, maybe there was, like, as the fight kind of wears on, there's, like, some little sacks that come out of Kraid, and all of a sudden... Rising from these sacks are new mini crates that are enemies that you got to deal with as well that can give you health and ammo and stuff like that. So I think as a, as one option that would be like kind of a cool crate fight. Your thoughts to option one? You know, Andy, I uh, I, I gotta say we've had 
quite a lot of contentious debates uh, throughout the years on this podcast. Yes, we have. And this is not and this is not one of those. I am yes. completely with you 110% on everything you just said. This yeah. is pretty much exactly how I envisioned a 3D crate fight. Uh, have you ever played Shadow of the Colossus by any chance? Oh yeah, love that game. I have not, but I've seen a lot of gameplay videos. <laughs> and uh <laughs> But I've always kind of envisioned a 3D crate working kind of like a Shadow Colossus fight. Not in the exact mm -hmm. same way. You know, obviously there's a lot more platforming. You're not literally climbing the beast itself. Yeah. But I've always thinking of like, you know, the a fight with 3D crate, it's not about the fight itself. It's about that journey. It's about that climb, you know. It's about yeah. that plat, you know, that platforming challenge, both by the environment and by, you know, crate himself like interacting with that environment. Yeah. But once you do get to that top and you're able to deal damage, like, I mean, come on, you're Samus Aaron. Like, he's a chump, you know? But get it, But again, getting to those weak points, you know, getting, you know, to that open mouth, you know, and all that, that's, that's where that real fight is. That's where the challenge is. That's where the cinematics and the spectacle comes in up until, like, the grand finale where you deal the finishing blow. And so yeah. pretty much everything you just laid out there, I feel like, is, like, one-to-one -one with, like, what I would go with awesome because i i think that that would be like a really engaging crate fight and like you could have his arms flailing at you you could have like the all the stuff kind of coming out maybe crate's got some new tricks maybe he's got like i don't know acid breath or whatever something um sure why not <laughs> now we do have to figure out a way because i think like ideally what you want is for like you to have to like jump on the the platforms that he shoots out of his chest so we have to figure out a way to justify why those would be in the air still and like not just lodged into a wall or something like that or maybe maybe the arena is a bit smaller and they are lodged into a wall i'm not really sure but um either yeah, I, think you could, I think you could still lodge them into the wall or maybe there's like i don't know maybe there could also be like you know rebar something like sticking yeah. out in the environment that it could occasionally latch on to another thing i always imagine is um one of my all-time favorite metroid boss fights is actually not an official one it's you know we were, we were talking about the official one earlier but the am2r metroid queen fight Mm. Probably probably my number two or number three Metroid boss fight of all time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely adore that fight. And one of the coolest things about that is how as you progress through each stage, it keeps destroying more of the arena and keeps cramping you in into a tighter and tighter space. Mm -hmm. And I think like, you know, if we're if we're having this Hulk and Titan Titan crate over here, like what a cool opportunity to show like some more environmental destruction and you know, continuing, you know, to change the playing field and all yeah. that. I think that is that would be a really cool opportunity to jump on. Yeah, I, I could be down for that. That sounds like a heck of a time to me. You're, you're dodging, there's explosions behind you. Like, that sounds awesome. Um, so I wanted to touch on something that you said, because you're right. This fight is designed in a way that it's it's more of, like, almost an environmental challenge than it is, like, a, a fight versus Kraid, which I think is appropriate, because, like, if you're fighting a behemoth monster, like, you're going to have to be fairly strategic and picking out a very specific weak point whereas like i think with the ridley fight like that's a fight where it can just be like a close quarters brawl every every hit lands somewhere and he's just got like a monster bar of hp or something like that um but i did have a second option and and i wasn't as fond of it because it's more of like a fight fight but um i think what could work as well on like a, a larger or maybe smaller scale is as I was envisioning kind of like the fight with Metroid Prime at the end of Metroid, the game Metroid Prime, uh, the fight with the being Metroid Prime at the end of the game. I was envisioning kind of that fight as well, how you're kind of like focused and, and you're in a, a narrow kind of hallway where you're, you're directly looking at Metroid Prime 
and um, you've got your different ways that you can attack. There's different projectiles coming at you. I think a, a, a one version of a Kraid fight could work well with that as well, where maybe you just have Kraid, and Kraid doesn't necessarily, like come at you like metroid prime does but you can still have the projectiles coming at you this you can still have the stuff coming out of his belly you can still have this the stuff being shot out like the acid and stuff like that maybe kraid could you know put maybe there's some grooves in the ground that uh kind of like the metroid prime fight kraid fills him with acid you can't you need to avoid him for a second i think that fight could work as well um i i don't know if i would be as interested in that fight but i i think it would be like a a, a decent blueprint for a different kind of crate fight that that's certainly more like combat action oriented you know this is so this is kind of unrelated to all of that but when you just mentioned that it just occurred to me that that for the first phase of the metroid prime fight it's kind of like a 2d metroid fight if you really think about it like yeah you're, you're still moving um you're still moving on the z-axis to like move to side to side which you need to do to dodge projectiles but like you're always facing prime you're primarily going forward and backward, um, and you're and you're basically just switching side. And it's basically like a long two D hallway rather than you know a giant you know dome like arena, arena. Yeah. like yeah, yeah, that, and that yeah, that just occurred to me. That's that's really interesting. So I like I think that that could be a fun fight still. Um, and you could you could probably because you're in a little bit closer quarters. Uh, I think that you could maybe change the environment a little bit, like you were just saying with the Queen Metroid fight from AM Two R. I think it would be easier to do that kind of activity in like a, a, a more closed, smaller scale. Um, and maybe like, maybe even that's part one of a crate fight, right? And like you, once you get to part two, then it's like the big arena where you got to jump up and platform or whatever. But I was kind of thinking is that as a way that you could potentially get uh, a different style of crate fight. The only thing that I, I feel like I wouldn't know quite how to rectify is like, I think Kraid would have to be a little bit smaller for that encounter to, to like literally fit in that, that type of arena and to like get the, the belly spikes and like the, you know, the mouth and stuff like that. Um, which, which I, I would personally love to see like just a big behemoth hulking. Yeah. I would do the, I would do the exact opposite. Like I would make him even bigger, like turn him into an actual like Godzilla esque Titan where he's just standing like, you know, like half a skyscraper tall or something ridiculous. You like, like I want like Quadraxis big for for Kraid. Like I want, oh, yeah. I want, a, I want, I, I want, want big. I want bigger than I want bigger than Quadraxis. Yeah, I'm gonna be real. <laughs> exactly. So so yeah, like I said, I I I don't know exactly because I I do think you might need to shrink down Kraid a little bit for this style of of boss fight. It wouldn't be my first choice, but it, it probably would be my second. Um, if they couldn't figure out a way to make that first fight really engaging. And I, I think I would be okay with this fight if we had it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that is, uh, how I think, how I think that we could see our, our boy, Big Daddy Craig show up in, uh, in Metroid Prime eventually. And I think he will show up in Metroid Prime eventually. Like, I think, especially now that Retro is kind of back in control, I, I think maybe there's gotta be at least a couple people there that are taking a look at this old concept art and are like, you know what? We should try that. We should try and bring that back because that was a good idea. Um, so I, I have to believe that maybe not Metroid Prime 4 since we just had him in Metroid Dread. Maybe Metroid Prime 5. Maybe Metroid Prime 6. If we if we're so lucky, uh, you'll get you'll get the return and finally a 3D fight with Big Daddy Grade. So that is how I would do it. That's on my wish list. 
I don't know. Any yeah, anything? I'll, uh, I'll I'll let my I'll, I'll let my uncle who works at Retro know to uh don't you know don't forget about a uh, Big Daddy Crate uh, when Metroid Prime Five comes out. Because I assume Prime Four is it's too late at this point. It probably is Prime too late. Five. They could have the Crate DLC though. though. Big Daddy. Oh, there you there you go. That would the actually be like expansion. pretty sweet to be honest with you. If there's like a, an extra area that you could unlock with DLC and there's like a big boss, I'd pay a couple bucks for that. Also, like I I'd, I'd pay more than a couple bucks. <laughs> Where's our where's our Dragon rematch? You know, like let's let's bring him back. It's been a long time. I, I think a lot of people would be happy to see Dragon back, or, or honestly, even Fantoon again. I know that we had Fantoon, but let's bring him back in under under different circumstances. Justice for Crocomire. Actually, yeah, just kidding. I don't what? want Crocomire. I don't want Crocomire to come back because that means I'll have to kill him again, and I hate doing that. <laughs> He's poor guy. He didn't deserve that. Um, he, he did not deserve that, so uh, I always really just feel like, God, I feel like a bastard when, when I see him coming up, <laughs> boiling alive, his skin is on fire. I'm just like, God, this this poor this poor guy. He didn't do anything, really. I, I kind of invaded his home, and, and here we are. He was just, he was just vibing. Um, yeah, so so that's uh, that's all I really have to talk about with uh, with Big Daddy Crate here. And we, we have a couple minutes left, a couple minutes, so I really quickly... Um, I did want to talk to you, and this is like a complete curveball. It's got nothing to do with Metroid. So if you if you want to sign off right now, uh, feel free to do so. Thanks for checking us out. But I do want to talk really quickly about what the hell is going on with Microsoft. What the hell is going on with Microsoft? There's tons of um, rumors out there. It's yeah. it seems crazy. And and listen, I'm not. I like mean, the we're most... gonna fi- we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out later this week. Uh, we are, yeah. And so for anybody that's not kind of filled in, I guess, there's a couple, there's a bunch of rumors that are swirling around. The first rumor, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but what got everything kicked off is there was a rumor that basically all Xbox titles are going to be multi-platform going forward. Which I think begs the very natural follow-up question of like, why would I ever need to own an Xbox then? Ever. Um... Which then brought another rumor saying like, well, if that's the plan, Microsoft must be looking to get out of the console business and just having their titles appear on other platforms, which on like the surface makes sense and doesn't make sense because it it makes sense in a way that like, I think that the Venn diagram of people that enjoy certain types of games um, on Xbox and PlayStation is almost like the same. Like, I, I think for those types of gamers, there's not like a big difference. And if there is like, like, and what I mean by that is like, I think like a lot of Nintendo people who own Nintendo consoles buy Nintendo consoles for Nintendo games that don't appear anywhere else. Whereas I think that like, maybe to a certain extent, people buy a PlayStation for their exclusives, but I, I don't think it's as much as Nintendo. And I think Xbox is like literally not almost at all that that kind of mindset so on one hand it doesn't it doesn't seem insane to me because like you know if you have a very similar type of gamer that owns a playstation versus an xbox maybe you have an opportunity to sell more stuff to that type of gamer on playstation but like it does it does seem weird that like they just spent like i mean like i don't know how, how many billions of dollars did they just spend buying activision buying blizzard buying like all of these Bethesda was is it Blizzard or Bethesda? I, I can't remember now. Uh, both, both. They bought is it Act- both? Okay. Activision. Yeah, Activision <laughs> Blizzard is is one entity, and then yes, uh, you're right. Zenimax, Zenimax, which owns Bethesda, is a different entity. You're you're right. Thank you. Um, I mean, they just spent they spent like 
what was it like almost like a hundred billion dollars or something like absolutely insane on activision and yeah it was it was 70 70 billion for activision blizzard and i believe i believe it was seven billion for bethesda i can't remember okay, that off the top of my head i'll need to watch so 80 billion 80 billion dollars yeah, only, only only seven billion dollars like, you know <laughs> what like, that says to me like you are not getting out of the console business um but who knows because there's you know there's all this stuff going on with that activision purchase as well um so i don't know like i i don't know what's going on i do know that it, it does kind of make me sad to think that potentially there might be a world where there's no more xbox consoles um i don't think that's gonna happen but but i don't know i, I it, it does seem strange because like it, it seems like it seems like I, I think that there's two things going on with Microsoft right now, game-wise, that are just, like, really, I don't know, bogging them down. And and the first is, like, I think that their first-party IPs are, like, dead. Like, dead in the water. Like, Halo yep. Halo is nowhere near what it was 20 years ago. Halo should be, like, Call of Duty level, and it's not. And it never will be again, which is insane. The last Halo game that came out was, I, I think, panned by everybody that likes Halo. This would have been good to have Dak on here for this. Um, but you go, mm-hmm. like, you go through and you're, you're like, okay, like, what what about the other, like, franchises, IPs that Microsoft owns? Like, Gears of War? Eh, I don't know if that's doing, like, I think it's fair to say that franchise is in a better spot 15 years ago than it is today. Um, oh, absolutely. absolutely. I think, I think it's fair to say, like, Fable, that was a big Xbox franchise back in the day, and, like, that, that is also, like, dead today. Um, I mean, we know a new game is coming out, but we haven't really seen that much of it. So. Yeah, you're right. But like, like even like when when Microsoft bought Rare, like what did they? They got nothing out of that. Mm-hmm. Like they're just getting like a the first Perfect Dark in like 20 years almost, and like there's nothing else. It's like and, and that and that new project Everwilds. I mean, we heard about that what five six years ago now, and we still haven't gotten any new info. Like, are, are is, has it been canceled? Are they still working on it? Like that that game has been in development hell longer than Metroid Prime Four. <laughs> <laughs> and and my point is, and I think there's only like one Microsoft IP that that's kind of like immune to this, and I think that's Forza. I think Forza today is in a much better spot than it was ten years ago. But I don't know that I would say that about any other Microsoft IP, honestly. Which is why yeah, they're and, buying and for, all these. And companies. Forza and Forza alone can't sell Xboxes. Like, no way. You you got to have more than that. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I. I so I'm gonna refrain my thoughts until I hear Microsoft's official announcement in regards to like this whole situation because like the rumors are kind of all over the place. There's some rumors where it's like, oh, it's just Hi-Fi Rush, maybe Starfield, yeah. and there's some rumors where it's like, oh, Halo and Gears and Fable are also going multi. So it's like, I don't know. I'm gonna wait for Microsoft to make their official statement later this week when that drops before I make yeah. any further opinions. Well, it- that being said, there's. There, there, there's there's two angles that I'm looking at this. There's my there's my personal angle and there's the financial angle. And personally, on someone that owns a, a Series X, I one of the few consoles I bought at launch, I am very disappointed with Microsoft, this console generation. In fact, I have the spicy take that they, from a game output, I think it's worse than the Xbox One generation, which was notoriously panned for not having I mean, enough at exclusives. least the Xbox had Halo, the killer app back in the day right well well the xbox the xbox one i mean it technically didn't yeah no no the xbox one did it launched with hold on on, 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 which was like you're talking you're not talking the og xbox right you're talking the xbox one 
Yeah, um, the uh, the Xbox One. The, okay, um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> not, That's, also, yeah, what the, the hell Xbox. are you doing naming your consoles so ridiculously? Like, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, God. I, I, Xbox. Ever. 360 was like the last good console name, and they've just. I They've lost the plot after that. But no, I'm talking about the. I'm talking about 2013 Xbox One. Right. Notoriously panned for not having enough exclusives. And I think that that game had, you know, a, be- a better game roster at this point in time than the Series X does. I'm taking and, a look um, at you my know, Xbox even... One games, and I don't know if there's a single game that is not available also on PlayStation. Like, and like, and here's the thing, even the Series X, like, even if you look at it with a quantity versus quality output, again, I just mentioned Killer Instinct. That is a beloved uh, reboot of, like, the Killer Instinct series that is, like, universally beloved. Mm-hmm. You know, you, but you look at, like, um, you look at the Series X today, like, what are, what are the what are the big exclusives exclusives from just last year alone? You had Hi-Fi Rush, which, that was kind of, you know, a much smaller title, but that was, like, widely regarded and critically acclaimed. Yeah. Fine. Uh, Redfall, absolute disaster of a, of a title. Oh, my God. And then Starfield, which kind of got mixed reception you had some people that loved it some people that were in the middle some people like me that thought it was boring and pointless and uh yeah and that was just and that was just last year alone and so i think microsoft in terms of a game output has just been you know really you know crappy in the bed it's been terrible (laughs) and phil spencer said that said as much like he was just like listen like yeah we're we're in a rough patch right now but but that kind of brings me back to my point about the ips that they have because like I think that there are some certain IPs, if you're Microsoft, that makes sense to license out to other companies. Like, like Minecraft. Makes total sense to have that on Nintendo Switch. If they ever mm-hmm. made a new Banjo-Kazooie, I think that makes total sense to have it on Nintendo Switch. I would even say Starfield. That makes a lot of sense to have that on PlayStation. But where it doesn't make sense is, like, your Halos, your Forzas, your Fables, your Gears of War. But, like, those series, like, they're just... They're all in the in the dump right now. And, like... Like I, I love Ori and the Blind Forest and that series, but like that that's not gonna be what really moves yeah. the needle. And so it's it's just like they, they've got a lot of work to do to repair their IP, which is one of the reasons I think they're in this problem. The other reason I think is is kinda like messed up because it's on paper, and maybe in practice a little bit even too, it's a really consumer friendly idea. And I'm talking about Game Pass, but like the economics behind it, I don't know how, like, how you do it. Like, it's because you're giving away games for, like, a fraction of the price. Because, I like, I don't think it's like this anymore. But, like, I remember a couple of years ago when they launched it. It was, like, get four months of Game Pass for, like, three bucks or something like that. And it's, like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. And it's, like, oh, as a way to entice you to get Game Pass, here's, like, all these brand new games that are going to be on Game Pass day one. So, it's, like, it's a, it's a friendly you know, it's a friendly service for, for people that don't want to spend money on full price games. But I, I don't know. I don't know how they're like making anything back. And I mean, listen, they're Microsoft. They're like one of the richest companies in the entire world, but like, uh, the richest, the richest company, they're a, uh, estimated, I believe three trillion, uh, yeah, maybe it's one or three trillion. I can't remember. And, and it was too much money, too much, too much. I, frankly. I thought too they m- were number two now behind activated or Amazon. Sorry. That's uh, I guess that's not true, but, uh, they're 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 always swapping plays as them. I, w- Amazon, I will say Disney, this: like, all those like rich companies 
are uh, one they're they're horrible for for the world so i just mm-hmm. want to make that clear but like these rich companies they're just like this certain division isn't making money it's not making us more money it's not making us four trillion instead like let's just like everything has to be done in order to make money which is surprising to me that this service game pass which is very consumer friendly has existed for as long as it has because i i just i don't know i don't know like how they do it you know other than just saying like well we're microsoft we're just gonna lose money yeah also unrelated to this conversation but you know it should go noting that you know we're talking about how microsoft is one of the richest companies in the world and yet despite that they just laid off nearly two thousand employees like a couple weeks ago and that is just and so many of those employees it's, it's literally found out year. the same yeah. the same the same day that we found out, which is so infuriating and disgusting, and nothing will be done about that, which sucks. But that's the state of our industry, and yeah, it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking before I get into more expletives, but I'm does mm-hmm. not make me happy reading that news. It's it's pretty lame. Yeah, definitely pretty lame. Yeah. Um, but I like I I think like the that's the it's like. Game Pass has, like, I think really taken away people's incentives to buy full-price Xbox games. Because, like, why would you? That's how I played Starfield. Yeah, like, well, like, why would you buy, like, why would I spend, like, why would I spend $80, or I, I don't know, $80 Canadian on uh, a brand new game when I can maybe get two months of Game Pass at seventeen ninety nine for, like, the base edition and beat the game in that time? and just be done with it like it's basically like renting a game and i don't know how that used to work economically back in the day either but i'm sure that there was some kind of agreement but like i don't i don't know what it is but so that's that's the problem but i I think like their big problem which obviously they've been trying to buy their way out of this problem is like their ips are just they're just dead like like halo like well that was well that was their whole proposition during the xbox one generation when people were criticizing them for no exclusives they're like listen we're, we're, we're trying to weather this storm right now, but we are investing in these studios so that we have exclusives ready for our next line of consoles. And I, and again, like I said earlier, I think it's been worse on the Series X. for At least for me personally, maybe. Obviously, game preferences, you know, are different between people. Maybe some people will disagree. Yeah. But, you know, for what I like to play, and I like to play, you know, not just indie stuff, but also, like, you know, a lot of those big tentpole AAA games. I think it's just been worse on Series X across the board. It's been tough. Like I, I, so I don't own a Series X, and um, but I own every other Xbox. And I was like, I'm not picking up. Like I'm not picking up a, a Series X. Like why would I? And I think that they still haven't answered that question. Like you look at PlayStation Five. It's like, okay, we got God of War. We got Horizon Forbidden West. We've got Final Fantasy Seven. We've got like you've got this. You've got this. You've got this. And it's like. <laughs> what's on xbox that's gonna halo infinite like that game was panned and like you know i, I don't know and like if i am if i'm a customer now and i'm like well okay great um grand theft auto 6 is coming out i already own a playstation i'm not buying a an xbox yeah. for that right like like why would you it, it's just uh it's a tough spot and i don't know like really what they're gonna do to be to be honest with you um so yeah like so the rumor that i'm reading is Starfield's going to go on PS5. I guess they've got that Indiana Jones game. Is that a PlayStation game, that Indiana Jones game, or is that an Xbox game? That, that's an Xbox exclusive for now. I know that okay. was a game that was rumored to be, like, a temporary exclusive, but, again, we don't know. That's what I'm we don't reading. Know that right now. I guess I would also say, like, because that was, like, the big... Like, they, they just had, like, an Xbox, uh, like, 
direct or something like that, didn't they? Not that yeah. long. And like Indiana Jones is like the big game, and it's like, yeah, is Indiana Jones like really relevant in twenty twenty four right now? Like, I, maybe he is. I, I mean, I don't I, know. I mean, I, I mean, I, I love Indiana. I know you're not hot on Indiana Jones. We were talking about this uh, back when that showcase first dropped. But even right. that showcase, like, I don't know. It looks interesting, but the footage also looked very early. The the character models in particular, there's this weird uncanny valley about those facial models, and I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I I want to I want to see more of this game, but I yeah I I really like I really like machine games. They they did the um the the Wolfenstein reboots recently, which are awesome. Highly recommend uh, everybody go play those Wolfenstein games. And they also you're, they you're also right. did I played some one of the Wolfenstein games. It, it is awesome. Yeah, and they uh, they also worked on um, some of the new expansions for the um, for both the Quake One and Two remasters that dropped recently, which are also awesome. So yeah, I, I love Machine Games. They're developing this game, so yeah, uh, they they are very good at making games where you shoot Nazis. And so, um, who, does, who doesn't yeah, like to shoot I, a Nazi? By the way, it, it's I love my it. favorite American pastime. Absolutely, if you ask me. It, it's something that I celebrate doing. Um, yes. I, I guess we'll have to follow up and see what happens because this announcement is coming next week. Uh, I, yeah, it's uh, it seems like a tipping point though, doesn't it? Like when you look at the state of Xbox and it's just like there's there's no there's no big IPs that you can only get on Xbox. the The value perception is plummeted because of Game Pass, which I, again is ironically a very user friendly idea. And also, and also, and and. Dax talked about this before, but I'm kind of joining him now. But like, you know, Xbox games going to PC day one as well. Yeah. Which at yeah. this point, like, at this point, like, yeah, I may as well. Now that I have, you know, my, you know, my new PC built, like, pretty much everything from this point on, I'm just buying on Steam and GOG as well. Like, the only reason I still have my Series X at this point is, you know, for a lot of those backwards compatible titles that never were ported to PC. You know, just for that ease of access. But like. Theoretically, if those if those did go to PC eventually, like, mm-hmm. why why would I why would I keep it? I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. It's gonna be interesting. We're we're definitely gonna have to follow up on this. But I I thought it was a conversation worth having just because I think it's very fascinating. So we will uh, we'll see. I guess we'll see how it shakes out. But um, yeah, we'll 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 do a follow up and we'll. By God, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, that is uh, well, that is gonna do it for for us this week. I was I was really happy that we got to dedicate a whole show to my boy Craig. Uh, probably the only show we'll ever do that's dedicated only to Craig. But uh, by God, it was good to do it nonetheless. Um, so we got a few. I want to tease a couple episodes that are coming in the future here because we got a few fan favorites that are coming back, including the imminent return of alien in review that's coming back in the within the next month uh and we are we're actually at the only alien movie that i've never seen so i'm really stoked about this i've never seen alien versus predator requiem uh i've heard it's nuts and i am stoked to watch it i saw it as a kid and remember absolutely hating it but i have not seen (laughs) it since then and i can and I can barely remember anything about that movie. So maybe I'm due for a rewatch as well. Yeah, so so that's going to be coming back. Um, the the manga uh, analysis is going to be coming back. And we are going to be covering part one of a beloved fan favorite. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in direct territory. I kind of think that we're going to skip a direct and just go right to the Switch 2 reveal, um, which I think is imminent. And hey, if that's coming, 
Well, I don't need to tell you what uh, what hey, coming a, with it. There's a chance that by the time everyone's watching this, we have that uh, that partner showcase revealed, which. Not my first choice. I would rather have a direct mini, but even so, and this might be a spicy take, I would rather have a partner showcase than a general direct because, again, to me, it's just, oh, no, I want that partner showcase, baby, because that means we're just around the corner, man. It means, bro, it means we're this close to switch to goodness. If it's a general direct, I still think it would be getting revealed this year, but it might not be as close. But if if it's a partner showcase, man, we are on the precipice. I, I mean, I we're on the precipice either way. We, we got to be. So, um, to, to quote the legendary Reggie yeah. Fizeme, my body is ready. My body is ready. My soul is ready for the Switch 2 and Metroid Prime 2. All right. We're going to get out of here. Uh, what did I say? You said Prime 2, which I am also I'm also hoping for. But yes, Prime maybe 4. That, was that like a Freudian one. slip for maybe a Nintendo Direct that we're going <laughs> to see? Maybe I know. Maybe I'm clairvoyant or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I'm ready I'm for Metroid the Prime. Synergy. 4 and metroid prime 2 and you know what i'm even ready for metroid prime 3 so there we go uh we we are gonna get out of here um before i do doom do you have anything you want to plug before we go anything i, I thank thank you i i appreciate you for for asking beforehand before me having a nervous breakdown i actually do not have anything to plug today though but thank All you right. you know what i do have something to plug damn it um i've been reading this really awesome book the tetris effect by dan ackerman Anybody interested in, like, the creation of Tetris should check it out because it is a much, much more fascinating story than I think a lot of people think. Um, it, was, it was obviously created at the tail end of the Cold War. There's all this geopolitical drama. Very, very interesting. So you should check it out. The book's like 20 bucks, And uh, it's got some some classic real-life Nintendo characters in there as well. The always uh, affable Howard Lincoln shows up. So it's very cool. Um, that being said, we are going to get out of here. Uh, thank you for checking us out this week and uh, for checking us out all the time. It means a lot. Um, and, of course, you could check us out on a few different places. First and foremost is OmegaMetroid.com. You can get new episodes, guides, maps, walkthroughs, all of that kind of stuff. Hey, if you're going to replay Zero Mission uh, for the first time in a long time, you forget where to go, check out OmegaMetroid.com. We got you covered. Um, and you can check us out on Twitter as well. We're at OmegaMetroidPod, at Spateri316, at Cross, at DakCity underscore... And uh, we're also over on Blue Sky, all the same handles there as well. So check us out. Uh, give us a give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a subscription wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you know, recommend us to that Metroid fan in your life, and tell them where they can get their weekly Metroid fix. And hey, if you like what we do, maybe uh, maybe leave us a sweet sweet five star review as well. That would be very very cool. And lastly, Doom and I collaborated not that long ago. Speaking of Crade's Lair on the Great Metroid Area Ranking, our ongoing monthly series that we have over on our Patreon channel. Uh, You can check it out over on patreon.com forward slash SBNet. And by the way, for any of you guys listening on podcast form, if you want to see our smiling faces, you just head on right over to our YouTube channel. You can watch these full shows, full shows with uh, with video and, well, really just video of us uh, looking a little bit rough, but talking Metroid nonetheless, so check that out. Um, That, my friends, is all the plugging that I have to do, so we are going to get out of here. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Check out OmegaMetro.com, and until next week, everybody, take care.